global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by BNY Mellon proudly introduces Asset Strategy View, a game changer for asset managers and asset owners. Visit BNYMellon.com to learn about Asset Strategy View. Bonds are falling as the Federal Reserve moves closer to raising interest rates and its signs inflation is picking up. Oil heading for its longest run of monthly gains in five years while stocks decline in Europe. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures higher, up three points. Dow E-mini futures up 32. NASDAQ E-mini futures up five and a half. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down five thirty seconds. The yield 1.87 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.91 percent. NYMEX crude oil up half percent or 25 cents to 49.58 a barrel. COMEX gold down three-tenths percent or $3.60 to 12.13.10 an ounce. The euro, $1.1160. The yen, $111.04. Great Plains Energy agreed to buy We Star Energy, the biggest utility in Kansas for $8.6 billion. As power companies across the U.S. facing weak demand and rising operational costs look to consolidate. And Medtronic, the world's biggest maker of heart rhythm devices, reporting fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates as doctors favored its pacemakers and other heart and vascular products. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you so much. Michael McKee and Tom McKee. Mike, I, I, it's, it's a small transaction. Great Plains agrees to buy utility Westar for $9 billion. But again, it's just indicative of the price of money. There, there's no price of money right now. No, it, it is two companies that, uh, that are, that fit together well. Yeah. So, um, it does make some. Accretive and all that. Uh, Joining us now, the moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. We're thrilled to speak, as always, uh, with Chuck Todd. You can hear him, of course, on Bloomberg Radio. Sunday afternoon, we replay Meet the Press. It's a good and beautiful thing. And uh, Chuck Todd joins us. Uh, Chuck, are you focused on Secretary Clinton in California, or does the Trumpathon keep you engaged? Which which has your greater attention? Uh, Honestly, this weekend, the Libertarian Convention did. Okay. And I say this because, you know, look, I don't think anything – there's not a lot that's going to change in Trump v. Clinton, right? We know what Trump's going to hit her on, and we know how she's going to hit him. They'll change on what issue they focus on in any given week, and and obviously the Clinton campaign's probably going to be more strategic about it than the Trump campaign, just because Trump is his own campaign. But the reason I'm intrigued by what the Libertarians are going to do is that we do have – you have 20% of the country who, unlike either candidate, you have uh, another chunk that is looking, another 20% that's looking for a third-party alternative. And we just have a third-party uh, uh, pick two candidates for their ticket for two former two-term governors, Republican governors of, of, blue, of blue states. Um, this shouldn't be totally ignored, and I think they're going right. to be a... They're going to be a factor in this race. Well, that's it's Maybe good. Maybe they're none of the above. Maybe something else. This is why we love to have you on, Chuck. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant. I noticed one article uh, coming out where Governor Johnson, uh, former New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson, calls Mr. Trump's policies, quote, just racist, unquote. Is that the libertarian Trump card to just go right for the jugular? Well, because that's, you know, they see their opening. But the libertarian's motivation is this. If Johnson gets... A, a big enough a percentage, over five, and then if, I think in some cases, and then there's another threshold if he meets 10 or 15 in some states, then um, 
libertarians can earn another level of of of, of political party. Um, they won't be always relegated as a minor party, if depending on the number they get. So look, the libertarians here are hoping that a none of the above Jerry Johnson candidacy gets eight, ten, twelve, maybe even fifteen or twenty percent, and then it allows the libertarians to take that next step as a as a political party. So they've got their own motivation for what they're up to, and so attacking Trump to me is the fastest way for them to get to ten percent. Well, and if they get ten, and they get fifteen. Then they get in the debate. Yeah, that's the question. Can they get to 15, uh, do you think, and get into the debate? <laughs> yes, I think they can. I mean, the, when you have 40% that are looking for a third party, you've got another, you know, half of them have unfavorable views of both. I, look, I think it's very possible well, um, that they will pull that high, at least by the by mid-August. Does it go away by election time? It might. Well, by mid-August? Exactly. That wouldn't surprise me. That's the question. I mean, there's been a lot of stories lately about the Trump campaign infrastructure being lacking. There's something like 400,000 or 450,000 registered libertarians in the whole country. So what kind mm-hmm. of what kind of campaign can they actually run uh, that could be a threat? I think, uh, again, it depends on what kind of finances they get. And I think there are a few very wealthy people who are have libertarian leanings. That could fund a super PAC. There's been some chatter about it. One of the Koch brothers, by the way, in 1980, was the Libertarian Party's vice presidential nominee. So there's been some chatter that the Koch brothers might, you know, cause it might invest some money. And here's their reasoning why they would do it. Um, there is some thinking out there that says if you provide uh, Republicans who don't like Trump some place to go, they vote for Johnson, then they show up to the polls and then we'll vote Republican down the ticket. So there's some theory out there that a Johnson candidacy that takes votes away from Trump could help, say, the Pat Toomey's of the world in a Pennsylvania. There's also a criticism, though, of uh, the libertarian effort in the sense that the, these two former governors are former Republicans, and there seem to be some libertarians who worry about uh, being seen as Republican light. Yeah, I think some libertarians were, are worried that they might get taken seriously. I mean, I, I sort of, I thought, I, this sort of made me laugh. Oh my God! What are we going to do? That these these folks have had too much success in another party. You're like, when you have third party effort, you're not going to grow unless you recruit people from other parties to join your effort. So it's among the. I do think there are some libertarians that love the fact, as Jerry Johnson said, that they hold their meetings in tree houses because they have that few members. You know, it does. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think some of them are afraid of the attention. There is a tone to Memorial Day weekend. I know it's 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 distant in weeks, months, years to the July 18th soiree in Cleveland, and then on to the Democrat convention as well. Chuck Todd, did you see a change in tone of Secretary Clinton's efforts and her teamwork this weekend? Not really. They they seem to be decided to go all in in California. They decided that they've got to uh, put Sanders away now, one last time. So. Um, you know, I think honestly, part of that may simply be um, they're not they're not thrilled with their initial anti-Trump efforts. Number one, number two. Yeah, I think the email report last week really did um, really did a number on her, and I think they're worried that you know it could be the difference between her winning and losing California. So, look, I think they think the best way to get the party uh, united is to stop giving Sanders hope. The uh, converse is that today we get uh, more of the uh, ca- 
the documents from the uh, lawsuits uh, filed against Trump for his Trump University. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, what's the potential there? What are you hearing the potential there for? I, look, I think under normal circumstances, these should this should be very damaging, right? It's it's sort of more um, evidence that this Trump University was anything but a university. It was really just sort of a um, and a, some sort of seminar scam that sort of preyed on people that were you know um, desperate, you know, financially. Or on the verge of being desperate, and um, but this stuff—he doesn't ever—it doesn't impact him the way this stuff should impact others. Uh, you know, he's got his press conference today. I'm sure he'll he'll he'll, he'll be able to sort of mm-hmm. bloviate his way through it. Um, but I tell you, his mouth got him in trouble in this one because he berated the judge for being Hispanic and accused the judge because he was Hispanic that somebody was anti-Trump. Well. <laughs> The judge said, because this court's integrity has been called into question, I have no choice but to release all yeah. the tapes. You know, I mean. Well, we just had free. We just had an example of Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, Mike, pick this up with Chuck Todd, but Chuck, we just had Freed Zakari on, and and Doctor Zakari didn't min- mince any words. He just went to a collegial direct statement on his lying. I mean, Mike, that was abrupt, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, basically said the thing that worries him is that uh, Trump just regularly lies. And never correct. No, that, it, doesn't, it doesn't even come close. And you know, we we sit here and we don't say that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, and it hasn't mattered. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, there, there's a there's there's we could go hours explaining how we got to this position, yeah. both uh, um, with the media, supposed to trust in media, the supposed media organizations that have an agenda. I mean, there's, there's sort of all, all sorts of ways we got here. Have you been set here? And he's a, right. and, and you, know, you know, Trump is a threat. Trump is a threat to the future of journalism, not that there won't be right. plenty of things to cover, but in, in the trust that it has. Right. Chuck, 30 seconds, with a great respect for the heritage that is Meet the Press, what Mr. Russert and others build and that you carry forward. Have you been sat down by management and said you have to be nice to Mr. Trump, a la oh, Mr. Baker never. at the Wall Street Journal? No, 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 no. That is, that is, that's never happened. You know, I, I, I regularly remind anybody that works for me, we're here, you're fair. And don't be a snob about the voters. Yeah. But we're here to hold candidates accountable. But but the thing that I think the most dangerous thing that some journalists do is they're snobs about people that are supporting a specific candidate. Mm-hmm. And that, when you start insulting voters as a journalist, then um, you should lose your political card. Uh, Chuck Todd, opinion. thank you so much. Moderator for Meet the Press. Hear it, Bloomberg Radio, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., Sunday afternoon. From New York, worldwide, Bloomberg Surveillance.